Welcome to another edition of a Personal Trainer's Guide to Wealth Creation podcast series. This is where we cover off on the topics, subjects, and all the key areas of what it takes to run a successful personal training business. Now, this is the first podcast for 2015. We're back on board and ready to fire on all cylinders. And the, the topic that we're going to cover off on today is uh, when is the right time and how do I hire my first team member or team members? And it's a question that we get asked a lot. There's a lot of confusion, fear, and frustration around how to do this effectively. And so I'm joined with my good friend, long-term friend and business partner, Mr. Brad Shepherd. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. And uh, what I'm gonna do today in this format, uh, more so than not, I'm gonna, uh, I'm gonna just ask Brad some questions and we're gonna pick his brain. Uh, we've both had extensive uh, experience in the fitness industry, but you know, Brad's had uh, up to 13 trainers uh, working for him at, at one time, doing over 200 hours of PT. So to be able to do that successfully means you have to have a really strong model and an effective model. That doesn't just happen by accident. And so I'm gonna ask Brad a bunch of questions to help, uh, I guess, pull the um, curtains back and be able to expose what it does take to do this uh, successfully. So first of all, mate, um, I guess you can, you, you can, we'll start with, um, for you personally, when did you realize that it was time that you needed to hire your first trainer? Well, look, for, for me personally, it was definitely a case of getting to the point of uh, total and utter burnout. So I'd hit that point, got myself up to doing 40 one hour sessions a week. So I was completely flat out. I was that trainer who was working from 5 a.m in the morning till 9 p.m. at night, you know, training anyone, anywhere, anytime, and really got to hit a ceiling in, term, in terms of how much I could earn and what I was doing. I was constantly tired, I was constantly exhausted, burnt out, wanted to quit the industry, um, got to that point because I was constantly getting the cold, you know, upper, rest, upper respiratory tract infections, I'd lost motivation for training, all that sort of stuff. And, Anyway, I was fortunate enough to get myself around my first coach who showed me some methods and some ways to do it. Now, you listening to this at home, my suggestion is you probably don't need to get to that point, okay? You probably don't need to get to the point of total and utter burnout and exhaustion. What I would say to you, my big bit of advice right off the bat, is you don't want to be hiring somebody when you're at that point when you absolutely need them. Okay, so you don't want to be hiring somebody when you're at the point like I was at total burnout. You want to be able to recognize the signs early and anticipate that I can see that very soon, you know, maybe within the next three months, I will be in a position where I can hire that person. So uh, that all makes perfect sense. And, you know, I guess, of course, you were making good money, but if you didn't turn up to work, you didn't get paid. So that's the downside, I take it. So. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 And, and also just the, you know, that general thing of just losing your passion and your desire for rocking up and seeing people every day, so. It's a lot of energy and a lot of people to manage, I guess. Yeah, yeah, and it all sounds cool, and hey, some people who are just starting out can go, wow, I'd love to get myself up to 30 clients, 35 clients, and hey, it's all good, you do the, you do the numbers on it, do the maths, and yeah, there's some good cash flow there, but you wanna really look for, is this sustainable, and, and can I keep that running for a number of months, a number of years, and uh, you know, unfortunately, what you find is for most people, that's going to be very challenging to do. 
Yeah, and of course, uh, those periods like Christmas and taking holidays, all that stuff, that's when it really gets highlighted that you don't really have a business, you have a job because if you're not turning up, you're not going to get paid and it's a stressful time. So Correct, correct. So um, my first question to, um, I guess, to uncover for yourself is what, what were the major roadblocks or what were the things that held you back from doing it sooner or what, what were some of the things that were going through your head, going, look, I'm extremely busy, do I keep doing this or do I hire my first trainer? What were some of the things that may have stopped you from doing it sooner? Definitely for me, one of the, one of the major roadblocks and, and, and I guess limiting beliefs would have been this uh, massive, I guess, responsibility I felt like I felt to supply, uh, bringing a trainer on with clients. So I had this mindset of going, I can't hire a trainer because I don't have 20 clients just to suddenly hand them. And so I guess what I felt right from the outset, people had suggested to me, man, you should consider hiring somebody and get someone under you. And I'll, I'll be like, in my, in my mind, it would make logical sense. Yeah, yeah, that'd be great. I'd love to have a trainer working for me. However, it, my, you know, inside my brain, the emotional part would kick in and go, hold on, buddy, you know, you might be able to get this person one, two, three clients immediately, but then where the hell are the other clients going to come from? And that, that was definitely something that held me back. So I felt like I would, had to be in a position where I had this stack of clients ready to go and I would just hand them to that particular trainer. Now, in reality, we all know that can be very challenging to do. Mm. So a couple of things. One is, is the feeling the um, bit of pressure, the overwhelming response that I've got to have all these clients or this trainer immediately, straight away. Yeah. So that can be one roadblock if it holds. Maybe other trainers listen to this back. Absolutely. The other bit is, you know, just feeling like nobody can do it as good as I was doing it. So yeah. I definitely, definitely had a, 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 the drive and the passion for training people and love the execution of it and therefore felt in many ways that, hold on, I don't want to hire someone who's not going to uphold that standard or be as good as me. So what I was searching for, I was searching for the replica of myself. And, and really, if you've got that little bit of a perfectionistic, you know, twinge in your body, it'll love... Uh, it can be very challenging because you're never going to find anybody. And if you are, they're like you, they're probably out there doing it for themselves anyway. Yeah, and I mean, I guess it's a good um, self-sabotage or block to, if you never find the person exactly as good as you, you never have to take that next step, I guess, either, huh? That's right. The other um, the other thing that I found interesting and the thing that, you know, we teach quite heavily at, at um, Great PT Wealth is, I guess, there could be a roadblock if you go, well, I've got enough clients, but... I don't really have a proven way. I don't really understand how to market myself or get leads coming in. It's just by my own charisma or the fact that I've been in a gym environment that people have come and sought me out. So I guess if you don't really have a method to market and actually get leads, not not just when you need them, but all the time, then I guess that would also maybe be a limiting factor to hold you back. Correct, correct. Mm. Yeah, 100%. So yeah, I, I definitely had a number of those things running through. The suggestion was also made to me that uh, uh, you need to put up your rates and, and charge more. And at that time, I definitely had a limiting belief uh, around that because you know some of the common things popped up for me where clients aren't going to pay that. I consider them good mates. They're loyal. They come every week, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So this concept of hiring somebody and having them be in charge at a lower rate than me, meaning that I would have to step up and charge more, that was also quite confronting. So mm. the first time I hired a trainer, I set them at the same charge rate as me. Mm. Now, we started getting clients in, and I'm, of course, trying to get this trainer full, but who do you think everyone wanted, wanted to train <laughs> with? I want to train with me, of course, because I was the owner of the business, I was the one who had the reputation, the most experience, and I'm trying to push them to this other trainer, and it was, you know, the, they had no reason to want to trade with that other person because if I can get you, mate, you're the boss, I can yeah. get you for the same price, why would I train with your newbie, you know? 
Yeah, it makes sense, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah totally. And uh, I guess, uh, so that part took care of itself. You, you got the stage where you knew I had to do something, otherwise you're gonna be burnt out and maybe back doing a job or whatever. Mm. Um, it obviously was a big turning point for you in that, in that stage. And, and then what was some of the, I guess, early mistakes that you made? So, you know, when you did start to hire, uh, or look for hiring trainers, what are some of the mistakes that you, you, you probably fell into at yeah. that point? Yeah, sure. So uh, initially, definitely that first one was a big one in terms of the charge-out rate. Uh, secondly, when I brought my first trainer on, I, I brought them in almost like as the equal, or almost like as the business partner, you know, uh, instead of uh, having that real differentiation, you know. Um, and in many ways, I was under the, the hope, and I guess I was just sitting there with my fingers crossed, that this trainer would just somehow generate a bunch of clients. And, you know, first of all, I had this responsive, this feeling of being responsible to try and supply, supply this trainer with clients. And when I didn't really have a proven marketing system back in those days, proven lead gen system, they had had a few clients that they got started with. And I would just sort of fingers crossed, hope, hoping for the best that they would make it happen. And we'd sort of catch up for, you know, weekly meetings and things like that. And it would be like, okay, so what have you done? Have you brought some clients in? And that person would be like, oh, well, no, I haven't. And I'd be like, okay, cool. Well, um, let's uh, try a bit harder this week, hey, you know? And uh, I'm sort of sitting there, you know, we're talking 16, 17 years ago when, when really, I, I, exactly like you said, I had the ability and the charisma to get some clients myself, but I didn't really have a proven system in place of just how to, how to find new people. Mm. This is pre, you know, building websites and doing all that type of stuff, you know? So... Yeah, so I guess there's a lot, like, you know, anyone listening to this, you know, really the most key point parts is the take on board, uh, you know, the, the path that you'd already been down to save some of these people listening at that effort, because I guess at that point, very limited education around for us to, to learn this stuff. And I remember um, coming back from Melbourne and you'd already started building your team and I was doing quite well down in Melbourne and I was back up here, had the gym, as you know, and, you know, I was, I was talking to you about... Oh, I'm just sick of, you know, training some of these clients, you know, and I was, I guess I was getting a bit bogged down in my negativity at the time and a bit burnt out myself. And, you know, you said to me, sometimes just those couple of words that make all the difference. And you said, well, you know, there's a, there's somebody for everybody, you know, trainer. And it's like, oh, I was getting so locked into, well, my ambition is about training some of these clients that I didn't want. You go, well, that's why you hire team members, you know, because you might want to train them, but they might be ideal for one of your other people and it you know it was really the big light bulb switch so for anybody listening to this you know you can just take for granted what brad's saying and the, and the strategies but it's taken years and years and a lot of that trial and error to get this right so it's my way of saying you know really embrace the information that's been said yeah the um you know the other bit is to it is that you know after i was able to see the light on some of that you know for example the charge out rates as soon as i changed my rates you know i made myself about twenty dollars uh more higher than the other trainer, suddenly I found I'm meeting with new clients and boom, who are they going with? Well, the other trainer seemed to fit their budget much better. They got started with the other trainer and they were happy as, you know? And so I'm suddenly going, hold on, this is a win, you know? My new trainer gets to train clients. I don't have to take on another person because I was already in capacity. I'm trying to train less people. Uh, for that odd occasional person who did at that point in time continue to, to book in with me, then hey, I'm getting paid more for that, so beauty. So it was all win-win all around the place. Yeah, that's excellent. So we've covered up, I guess, some of the mistakes and some of the areas that um, want to make. Anything in terms of the actual hiring procedure, any mistakes that, you know, like, so I'm your, I'm the, I'm the trainer that's responded to an ad or something and, yeah. you, you know, I've gone 
through your early stages of your you know hiring sequence any mistakes you made in terms of the actual just the, the yeah system? absolutely i wanted to give my trainers like as much as i could so i remember uh, there's one point in the uh, in the business where we were charging about 50 bucks a session for train for people to train with my you know my team member trainers and at the time i said you know 50 dollars comes in i had absolutely no method behind trying to put together a, a profit margin or a strategy behind it, I just plucked a figure out of the air and it seemed fair in my mind at the time that I'd pay someone $35 out of that 50. So I was like, oh, well, there's 15 bucks I get out of every single session. So beauty, I'll be happy. Now, <clears throat> little did I even know, think or realize that around about that time the GST came in, um, I had to pay tax, I had expenses, etc. And so when my coach sat down with me and we started going through all this. I was like, oh, beauty, I'm, I'm, every single session I'm copping 50, but 15 bucks here. And when we broke it down, it worked out that I was probably, you know, just breaking even, you know, by the time I'd paid the GST and the taxes and all that sort of stuff. So there's no margin there. So I had no clue. And I really wanted to give, give, give. And I sat down and we, we made up some new margins and formulas and it worked out that my introductory trainers would have to start based on that charge out rate at around about the $20 a session mark. And then we had a, an, an opportunity for them to build up into the $25 per session, to the $35 per session. And then for our really elite trainers, the ones who'd gone up to the highest level and who were charged out for hire, they could achieve the $35 a session. Now, when I said, you know, after that, that was quite confronting for me because I was like, give, give, give. I want to try and give them everything, make them happy, etc. But I'm now faced with this thing of going to the next trainer that come through, um, you know, and this guy had already already spoken to one of the other trainers and was sort of aware what the other person was getting paid. And he's sitting there, and I'm, I'm showing him the new packages that we set up. We put it into this beautiful team handbook and had it all mapped out and displayed. And I'm running him through, and he was like, "Oh, it's twenty bucks a session, is it?" Okay, yep. And he thought, "Oh, okay, I thought it was a bit more." And anyway, a bit of back and forth. Anyway, this guy was a very very good trainer. He was excellent. I really wanted him on the team, and it was a great um, lesson in personal development for me because I'm sitting in there in that meeting, and every bone and cell in my body was wanting to say no nah, I'm gonna give him I'm gonna pay him the extra because I don't want to lose this guy but you know it took I stuck to my guns and I'm just like well look the offer's on the table go home overnight sleep on it have a think about it and um, and then if you you think it fits fits the right fit oh, I feel like it's the right fit I want you on my team but the decision's got to be yours so that person went away and uh, you know I was hoping but I also realized I was really more proud of myself that I actually stuck to the game plan. He came back the next day and said, yep, I'm keen, let's get started. And that person was part of my team for seven years. Um, so just gives, just goes to me, well, hold on, you know, even though there was everything in my brain saying to me, mate, just secure this guy and pay him the highest rate. Mm. <clears throat> I'd set a standard. I knew that if I was paying him the highest rate, I wasn't making any money. So what's the point of having him anyway, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's, uh, it's amazing. It's like you said, you, you've nailed it. Like so much of the um, uh, personal development stuff that comes up with this, or the feelings and the emotions that you're saying. It's, that, I mean, you can see why people say take the emotion out of business. Yeah. Otherwise, it will definitely um, I guess screw you up. You'll make decisions based on you know your emotional feelings and responses, and want to keep people happy, like you said, and all that stuff. Versus, you know, is it actually making logical sense to do this? So. In that, what I heard you saying is, I mean, firstly, first and foremost, everyone's understood what you said, but it's really, you've got to have a, a plan and work out your financial targets, you know, first and foremost. And we see it all the time where, you know, trainers just go, oh, I just decided to pay them, you know, this much. And, you know, our question is, well, how'd you come up with that figure? Mm. 
you know, it's like, oh, well, just, you know, they probably won't want to work for anything less. And you go, well, have you asked them? And they go, no, well, that's, that's their stuff again, assuming that no one's going to want to do it. So yeah. information is very valuable because it is a big, rude shock when you then sit down and you go, well, it's time to take GST tax out. I'm doing all this work, taking all the risk, paying for Facebook paying ads, for all seek ads, flies, uh, you, know, you name it. All the extra work you got to do to run a business, and I'm, I'm making break even. It's it's a it's a big slap in the face. You yeah. Know? So, you know, break even, do all the extra work, or be profitable and give someone the opportunity to actually do what they love for a living because they're not prepared to do it on their own or they're not capable of doing it on their own. So yeah, and, and uh, yeah, exactly like you just said. Then you know we hear it so often with traders, and the classic one we hear is also because you know we've chatted to thousands and thousands of traders now, and. Uh, commonly hear things like, oh, I just decided to pay them half, 50% of what comes in. Okay, cool, how'd you figure that bit out? Oh, just 50% seemed, seemed pretty fair, you know? <laughs> On the flip side, I've heard it from the other perspective too, where you, you hear if the person's working for somebody else and go, uh, and why'd you stop working for that place? Oh, look, you know, he's charging 60 bucks, I'm gonna get 30 of it, you know? Didn't seem really fair to me, you know? Mm. And when you explain to someone, do you realise what goes into running a business? There is quite a lot, there's a huge amount of expenses. There's liability, there's insurances, there's tax, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. That list goes on and on and on. It's like a bit of an aha moment for some people. It's like, oh yeah. It's not until you run a business yeah. and you start to have these things occur that you realise that hey, yeah, I do need to factor some margin in there because every business wants to be profitable, and if it's not, well, what's the point of having one? That's right. No one's got a job. Yeah, um, but I had that myself. Some only occasional, a couple of trainers that always complain about the money, and um, my response is always the same. It's like, well, this is not doing it for you. Maybe you should go and start your own business. And of course, they never went because they actually knew how hard it was going to be or yeah. challenging. So, good point. Um, I guess uh, that part of it. I guess have a plan, work out your financial budgets, actually do your fees and know what you need to be charging one for the client, and then what you need to be doing to make a profit. I was going to get you to give us an example, uh, if you don't mind sharing about, like, I guess I'm sitting at home, I'm listening to this and go, well, okay, if I'm, I do all this work and I, I'm going to go and take that step, what were some of the potential earnings that you could make from, say, a train, I'm your train, I'm working for you, yeah. I, I get to capacity, it's maybe I'm doing 20 or 25 hours a week, yeah. um, what, what were some of your experience about what they would bring into the business and what would that mean for you passively, I guess just to juice people to want to go and you know, make the step. Yeah, absolutely. We, we were always working. My goal margin was always to collect $30 out of every session that occurred. Yeah. Um, and that was after we'd taken off the GST. And that was prior to uh, paying any uh, major business expenses or taxes or anything like that. So it's about $30 per session. Then as it, as it calculated down, uh, we would uh, net around about 25 of that. And so if I had a trainer doing 25 sessions a week, which is five sessions a day, five days a week, that equates to about $625 a week. Um, add that up over the year, it's a bit, a bit over 30 grand. So a goal there would be to go, okay, out of every trainer that I have on board, roughly you know, $30,000 per year, roughly $600 a week to make passively. Yeah. And that's, I mean, 25 sessions a week is not an unreasonable target, five a day, five, five sessions a day, five days a week. And on the flip side, the trainer's getting well compensated for that. Mm. Of course, um, you know, increase the margins, increase the number of sessions, and, and then your income climbs as well. So yeah, there's quite a number of ways to do that. Group sessions and boot camps are a great way to do that and, and, and just, uh, potentially amazing leverage there. And I guess on average, we'd pe see people getting paid anywhere from say 50 bucks to conduct a group session up to 70, 80 thereabouts. So I'd say that's probably a bit of a, a bit of a standard kind of going rate out there. 
Um, and depending upon what you can collect from your boot camps, you know, you have uh, 20 people coming along paying 19 bucks a hit, get you just short of $400. Yeah. You've paid someone $70 of that, there's just over $300 of, of income passively that you can make out of that one session. So, And, you know, like, you know, if you listen to that, it's, it's, it's a big deal. Like, if you go $30,000 from, um, from having a trainer work for you, there's, no, there's very little investment strategies out there that you would get a return like that per year in terms of oh, 30 grand. So that means if you're, you're not working, you're doing whatever else, and then someone else is earning you that $30,000. So it's a, it's a significant point to understand now. You know, Brad had 13 trainers, you might want to, you, you know, if your lifestyle, your budget, this is why it's important to work that stuff out. Maybe you have three trainers and then that's bringing in 90 grand extra passive. Yeah. And, you know, for you, that's 90 grand coming in and you, you know, maybe you contribute 40 grand or 50 grand or that because you want to do less work and focus on the business. These are the, these are the reasons why you've got to be clear on your end goal. It's not just about hiring a trainer, it's about knowing why you're doing it. Yeah. And the other thing that we see, um, you know, heavily is that across Australia, so many different types of ways that you can run your personal training business. So if you're in the gym and you're paying a rent and you're liable for that uh, trader's rent as well, you need to factor that into the whole equation. So you want to make sure that it's not like, okay, I'm collecting $30,000 passively for this trainer, but I'm paying $20,000 of it back per year to the gym just to keep them there. So then your net is 10 grand. No, 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 no. Look, you want to, you want to get yourself into a position where you're not taking on all the responsibility and the liability. Because, you know, I wouldn't see that as a, as a good arrangement. You want to make sure that you get yourself set up in such a way that you make this profitable for yourself. If you run a studio, everything that you do, every expense that you pay is going to factor into that. Um, and so, you know, you've got a, a commercial uh, rent to pay. You've got your marketing, your advertising. The list goes on and on. You want to factor all those parts into it. Yeah, okay. Well, and the next one, if we move now to the actual, I guess, hiring process. So... And you run us through the hiring process that you would, um, you know, you would use uh, everything from, I guess, where would you advertise to then yeah. um, what's your strategy and methods on actually finding the, the, I guess, the best fit. Yeah, absolutely. So first of all, it's it's re I really want to reiterate that point is you want to be starting to hunt for people before you need them, okay? Because I've been in the scenario where I've had clients ready to go, so I've had a trainer leave, had a bunch of clients who were ready to go. They were paid up, their direct debits were, were ready to rock, and I didn't have a trainer that could service them at, at those times. So I might have had a bunch of people who were at 6 a.m. slots, all my other trainers were booked out, and it's like, okay, um, it's, a, it's a stressful situation to have people paid up, ready to go, and I've hired people in desperation, and they haven't been quite the right fit. So the big thing that I say, and the mantra we love here at Create PT Wealth, and what we teach the people is this concept of hire slowly, and fire quickly. So make sure that you take the time to, to groom somebody, to bring them through them, to see what you're about, what your organization, you're gonna feel for their character and the type of people that you're dealing with. Um, and then for example, if it's not working out for whatever reason, you've been through some sort of probation, three months trial, something like that, just be very transparent about that with the person. So letting them know that, hey, look, you know, along the way now they've kept plenty of check-ins and they might not have met some KPIs and all the rest of it, but look, if this thing's failing, it's going now, it's better just to better cut ties and put your energy and focus into, you know, into finding the right person. Um, so what I really say, it's not the one that you do hire, but it's the 99 that you turn away in the process. And you wanna have a, you wanna have a system set up, whereas you can funnel lots of potential candidates into this, into this 
into your you know trainer funnel, and then from and then from there you want to go through. The, I'm not sure if everyone heard that. We just got pinged in the ear incredibly loud. Um, you want to have a, a, a process in place where you can funnel all these people in, and then you can start to slowly but surely work through the strategy in terms of seeing who might be a good fit. So where are some of the places that you hunted for trainers? So when you were looking, where, what were some of the avenues that you you uh, sort out? Big thing for me was always going, where do trainers hang out? Where are you going to find them? So first of all, colleges, RTOs, okay? 167 RTOs around the country, educating 15, 16,000 new trainers every single year. So, you know, we've got lots of, of graduating people coming out of colleges. And so what you want to do is you want to build relationships. No doubt you've been studied somewhere, you've got a relationship with, with your, um, with the previous RTO that you would have studied with. And so my suggestion to you is that you want to, you want to be popping in, giving mini presentations. I'd, I'd go to a lot of different colleges. I'd, I'd really build up the relationship with these places. And what would happen was I'd build up the relationship so well that people would then start to contact me with the colleges and go, hey Brad, look, we've got a group coming through, got 30 odd people, and I suggest that you might have, um, you know, suggest you might have a few good people in here who'd be worthwhile you speaking to. And I'd find that of real value. Next thing that I'd do is I, I would advertise. And so, you know, previously back in the day, we used to advertise in newspapers and so forth, but a lot less these days. We, there's, there's plenty of online job portals, healthy lifestyles, um, seek, advertising, et cetera, et cetera. So any of these things. Now the investment with Seek, for example, you know, it might cost you two, 300 bucks to get an ad up. However, what we'd find is it might drive us maybe 40 odd applicants who we'd then send to a dedicated landing page. So we'd set up a website. And what would happen is on, on that website, there'd be some clear and definite information about people, what people would do. They'd download our job description, which is a, a document that we'd written, you know, four or five page document which spoke about our business, the operation, our terms of business, how we do stuff. Um, and then we'd have our personality profile. And then we'd say finally to those who are really keen email through your two-page CV to our email address. So that's how we'd start to funnel people through. Now, back in the day, back in the, when I first kicked off, I didn't have that system in place. I didn't have landing pages or any of that sort of stuff. I'd get people to ring me. It was an absolute nightmare. Um, out of an ad, you know, 40 or 50 people, I'd be playing phone tag with 40 or 50 people. There'd be missed calls. I'd still be in the gym training 30 or 40 clients. And so it was just an absolute nightmare. I'd finally lock out some time to speak to these people, usually on a weekend, because that was the only time I could find to sit down and, and interview people. I'd bring them in for half hour interviews and I'm trying to weed through 40 people. And, I, and I'll tell you what, it was just, it was, it was a, a challenging experience. It was energy sapping. And when I found a better way to do it, it, it definitely made my life a lot easier. Yeah, it um, definitely uh, definitely shows the importance of a structured system. So we've had some people go, oh, I've placed an ad and seek, or I've tried this or done that. And, you know, I've, oh, there have been a couple of duds, mm. you know, and they've kind of thrown their hands in there and given up. And I guess that's that where that's not the 99 you turn away, it's the one you take on. So it's, you've really got to be persistent. Just 
you know, and, and stick with it. Correct, yeah, and you wanna be uh, constantly grooming. So just like you, you'll be constantly on the hunt for your next client or your next client to enter your business, I was constantly on the hunt for the next trainer and I'd, I'd view it very much like that. When I speak about the funnel, I'd view the funnel of trainers coming into the circle. I'd, I'd create a database of personal trainers. I'd build relationships with these people. There was a lot of these trainers who'd never become trainers with a peak physique or with our business. However, they would have known about us. They might have gone and done their own thing or whatever, but it's somewhere along the line I would have connected with them at mm. some stage, because I would have spoken at so many colleges and had so many people apply for jobs, etc., etc. Yeah, that's um, that's excellent. And uh, I'm assuming there's, uh, you know, it's, there's also there's there'd be some method to if you're writing an ad on Seek. Uh, I guess these days with Facebook, LinkedIn, there's a real way that you you would also need to I guess write that ad. So I know we won't go into detail on how you actually do that now in, in great detail. Mm. Uh, but I'm assuming there's also a method to that because anything you do you know, be it get a new client or whatever, it's um, about selling the best points of your business. Have you found that like it's it's not only just about writing an ad, it's like yep. if, if I'm gonna if I was your potential person who's gonna become a trainer, I guess I've got to be excited and yeah pumped up about what I'm reading. One hundred percent, yeah, absolutely. And you wanna have to think about, you know, what are the benefits of someone coming and working for your organization? Why would someone, you know, get juiced up about uh, being a, a being part of it, you want to really sell them in on the vision, the long-term goal, on where your company's heading, and and so that people will buy into that. What I've found, one of the you know, and this is definitely from experience, is that money is not always a, a, the massive or the main motivator for people. Of course, they want to get compensated. They want to get compensated for the work that they do. And you know, our philosophy was always to pay well above the award wage, and then uh, reward people for uh, great work on top of that. So there'd be bonuses and incentives paid. However, what I've found is that people wanted to be part of something. They want to be part of a team. They want to be in an environment where they learn. Learn, learning and education is such a large part of it for many people in the fitness industry. Just love the technical side of training. Love the learning aspect. Love working under somebody's wing. So. They were really strong components of it, and that's one thing I definitely noticed. Yeah, and you're right. It's like um, the statistics show that um, uh, employers uh, they thought when asked the question what people value most is, is getting paid more, but when the employees were asked, it's being valued, being a place where they had a chance to grow, the company stood for something. Mm. You know, there was a chance to um, grow and develop as well. And so, you know, if you're looking at hiring people, you've got to also make sure that you, are you clear on your vision and your mission and your business and what you're trying to achieve out there and get other people excited. If you're not excited about it and you're not clear on it, then you can't expect someone you're going to hire that, to buy into as well. So you want someone sitting there, you know, going, well, I really want to be a part of this company. They, they're, they're striving to be the best. Yep. They've got great customer service. They, they go the extra mile. They're not the trainer standing there with hands on the hips looking at the watch going, can't wait to just tick off this client and you know send them on their way. So there's, there's you really got to uh, if you're going to be serious about hiring people and be successful, you want to have a really strong culture. Yeah, what you're trying to achieve. Yeah, absolutely. Now just back to that ad uh, for a second because I, I I might have um, skipped over that pretty quickly. When you're placing the ad, and we're talking about this process of sending someone to a landing page, and just so everyone's clear on that, a landing page is simply a page on your website. And what that means is that avoids you having to field the phone calls, all right? So what you're doing is you're sending people to a website. Now to give you an example, Lynn, who works at Create PT Well for us, she, her administration role at Create PT Wealth, there was 300 applicants for that position. So she, she was one of 
for 300 applicants and she was the one who was successful in that venture. So just by sending people to that landing page, number one, and getting them to go through a few action steps, what we found is that 300 people quickly reduced to about 150. So we had about 150 people get to the point of sending us through their two-page CV. And the reason I say two-page CV is that, um, again, learn from experiences that what I found is that many people would send you through their... Um, you know, their music certificate that they got in grade five and the first day they got their pen license and every single other certificate they'd have. And you'd receive these massive documents with 54 pages on a CV and you really don't need that much, you know. Two pages, a snapshot on people's background and to, to see what they've done and where they're at. So that got down to 150. And then from there, what we, what we did was we put through some, um, a series of written tasks to people. So like a little um, exam, you might say. So it had about three or four questions on it that we'd put together in a written format. We said, look, if you're dead set keen about this job, what we're going to ask you to do is just to go through this and give us some insights into what you might do under these scenarios. And what we found is that then 150 got down to about 35 people or something like that. So we found that a lot of people either just decided, hey, this is not for me, or it's in the too hard basket, or decided not to respond or whatever. Uh, and then from there, what, what we did was we started to shortlist um, the people that we thought had some good qualities and so forth based on a few different attributes. And um, you're, you remember, Jace, we pretty much, at that point in time, it, it probably got down to a shortlist of about 15 people. Yep. And instead of us sitting down doing half-hour interviews, we did the we like the power style interviews. So what we did was got people in on fifteen-minute interviews, and we had both of us there. And so we had around about fifteen people, four people per hour. You know, within about three or four hours, we were able to pretty much get through everybody. And what we found is that our experience is that in a short period of time, over fifteen minutes, we could ask the appropriate questions, get a feel for do we want to continue this conversation further. From those 15 people, we got it down to about four um, that we really thought were a good, solid candidates. And at that time, you'll, you'll remember this, Jace, that we were basically wanted to hire all four, didn't we? Because mm. we had some, you know, great qualities with people, um, mixed of varied qualities. And then from there, what we did was we went to action steps number two. And so what we sent out was then a um, three or four tasks that we'd ha then have that person complete. And um, sure enough, what we found is that, again, we did out one person, they just was in the two hard basket or they decided it wasn't for them. And it was down to three. And, you know, Lynn by far was just the, the, the one who did the, the most efficient work, the most professional, et cetera, et cetera. And we went, wow, that's the, um, so that's the type of effort this person's going to put in to get this job as the type of person we want working for us. Yeah, it's a great process. And uh, mate, I remember, um, uh, you know, I remember when you were saying that you first started hiring uh, trainers, you used to get, uh, you know, I guess you get an idea about are they the right fit to take the next step? Mm -hmm. and, the, and the next step from after, I guess, getting to the initial phone call and the face-to-face -face meeting is what would you run them through then? What was the process? Yeah, so uh, then the process from there would be to test them out, you know, because, you know, for us it would be we're selling PT, that's what we're doing, and let's get them in for an actual physical uh, training session, let's see him in action. Um, I used to, back in the day, get them to train me, um, but what I'd find is that, um, well, first of all, I enjoyed the fact that they haven't trained me, we put them under a bit of pressure. Uh, I used to find people would get quite nervous uh, and so forth. I didn't mind that just to see how they respond under pressure. But then what I'd find is that uh, they, were, they were shit themselves so much when they come in for that workout that they'd pretty much come in and, and try and smash me. So, you know, I'm not averse to training hard, quite enjoy it. However, it's, you know, in my, by my definition, it's quite easy to smash somebody. 
but to train a wide variety of different people under a wide variety of different circumstances, that could be a bit more challenging. That requires a bit more skill. So I figured out that while I was doing three minutes of burpees as the warm-up, it probably wasn't the most appropriate way to assess somebody's performance. What I found but when I brought real-life clients in is that it worked incredibly well. And so we'd have, we'd have a bunch of clients that we could call on at the last minute. We know that they could come into our facility and that we would offer them a complimentary session. The session would run for about an hour, half an hour doing some conditioning type work and half an hour doing some strength type work. And I would just simply be a fly on the wall. So I'd be hanging out around the gym. I'd be either, you know, maybe doing some exercise myself or I'd have my little clipboard there. I'd be taking notes and I'd just be watching them, seeing them in action. And that, that process worked really, really well. What we also did was those clients that we'd handpicked were, were those real, walking evangelists and ambassadors for our company and these clients actually really you know really took it on upon themselves to play a role in deciding whether this person was a good fit or not so i'd have some templates knocked up and i'd have these clients now emailing us through their suggestions on the things that these people did well the things they didn't do well how could they improve because these clients of ours are trained with various other trainers of ours what that meant is that I could give this immediate feedback to people. I'd, I'd of course have my feedback to them, but then I'd also get it you know, directly from the client as well. Yeah. Worked so well that we had some people who were really good trainers who would test on their first session and those particular clients would go, wow, that person's awesome. If you hire them, I'll become their first client. Uh, I'll take on an extra session or whatever uh, because they just really wanted to see that person have a go. Yeah. Uh, similarly, we'd have to get feedback to go. Look, I don't. You know, my feedback is that you probably you know shouldn't hire this person. But if I saw someone and I thought, well, look, they're probably close to being there, but maybe they're not quite there yet, I would invite them back to have another test. And mm-hmm. I've tested trainers as many two or three times, and I'd give them another chance. So I go, look, you here's some suggestions, here's some tips. I want you to go away and practice, and then come back and. Um, and execute that. I'd also get those trainers in some instances to train with our other trainers from our team. So I'd go, look, my suggestion is that you book in with, with Frank or with Miles or with Karen, and I want you to pay for a couple of sessions with that person. So I'm now asking them to open up their wallet and actually physically spend some money on themselves to learn. And I said, I want you to come in for a couple of sessions and just become a client and see what it feels like to be trained by a really good trainer. And again, those people who had the initiative to do that, and you know, a couple of sessions of PT didn't cost them the world, but really what I found was that they could get in there and learn and understand the process really well. They'd come back and retest and pick up those that pick up, picked up the skills were in a better chance of getting that position. Yeah, that's awesome. Uh, it, may, it makes so much sense and such clarity. I know that you also had another step that if, um, which I thought was genius when you, when you told me about it, was that if there was, um, you know, if there was somebody who was looking like you know they had potential, but probably not quite there yet. A, an internship um, uh, program that they could actually pay to, to get themselves skilled up. Absolutely, yeah. So this pretty much was for the person who was qualified, but not yet competent or confident enough to train a wide variety of clients or under a wide variety of circumstances. So I'd check somebody out, and you know, hey, that definitely happens in our industry. The education, you know, for many people is is, is can be quite low. And so therefore they're coming out not really job ready. And so what I do is I'd only offer it to the people who I think would be good learners and be a good fit for our company potentially. It was a pretty much a six week, we call it the Peak Physique Internship, they'd hang out with us for six weeks, they'd attend our team meetings, they would 
train with our other trainers. They would uh, practice on our real-life clients. They would shadow sessions from each and every one of our team members. They would hang out with me personally, and I would train with them myself. They would have a number of workbooks and uh, learning compendiums to complete in that, in that six weeks. And basically, they paid for the privilege to do that program. And when I first kicked it off around about... Well, 10 or so years ago, that was about $1,200. So people, it wasn't a cheap program. And I found that the people that invested in that were the ones that really valued it highly. We increased the, the value of that program up to about four and a half grand by the last time that we run it. And so what I would, I'd handpick the people who I think would be, you know, a good fit. I, would, I wouldn't just take on anyone. People would have to apply for that because we were bringing them into our business and they were seeing every single part of it. What I found is the people that came in and did that program, when they first kicked off on that program, they were absolutely shitting themselves. They were low in terms of confidence, low in terms of skill, etc. By the end of six weeks, they'd picked up all the great qualities of all our different team members. And so what I'd see is all these little cool bits shining through in that person and there would just be massive and progressive change. Employment wasn't guaranteed. We didn't guarantee that we would hire them, but really I was probably looking for people who were potentially employable really a way for them to earn themselves a job. That's cool. It's like such a, you know, like when you look at um, that system that you just run through from, you know, uh, from the very start to now, it all progressed over the years, many years you've been doing this. Uh, you, you know, I guess to wrap up and to, to look at this, if you're sitting here listening to this and, you know, it's something that you really want to do and of course you've been listening to a, a podcast of 40 something minutes, but if you haven't, um, you know, if you, if you feel like it's something you're really serious about doing, the, the podcast is great. Really, what you need, though, is you do need some guidance and some support and, and get it done properly because there are a lot of uh, steps that need to be taken and you need to have it planned out and structured. And so, look, you know, feel free to, you know, go and get some advice from, from a, you know, reputable business coach. You know, look, you know, it's one of the things we specialise in. Of course, we're in the industry. We've been with Australia's leading company in doing this. We'd love to hear from you if, if you need more help, if you're at that stage in your business where you go, look, I'm... I can relate to everything Brad's saying and I, and I really would like to bite the bullet or be proactive and, you know, take myself and my lifestyle to a whole new level and explore the opportunities. And we really encourage you to get in contact with us at our office. You know, you can do that by emailing lynn at createptwealth.com.au and just say, look, I heard the podcast and I'm really, really interested about, you know, talking to somebody about how I could improve my business. It doesn't just have to be about hiring people at the stage. Maybe you're just looking at some better systems in your business where you're currently at. Um, you know, we, we do everything from, you know, the seminars, we've got information products, but don't do it alone. Don't sit there and do what Brad and I did and try to fumble our way through it. Um, doing the hard slog, you know, if you had some really great information over the last 42 minutes from Brad, some really insight, but there's so much more to it. So, I mean, is there any, any, any parting words from you in terms of, you know, uh, what we've been talking about today and hiring, hiring somebody and hiring it or hiring team members? Yeah, I guess what, what we see is that, you know, for many people that come to our seminars, our business building boot camps could be sitting there and going, hold on, buddy, you know, hiring a trainer. Um, and taking someone on, that could be way off in the distance, you know. I'm just trying to figure out how to get my next client, how to get my boot camp full, or how to find my very first client. And you're talking about hiring people. Look, all, my suggestion to you is just, you know, suspend your, your judgment on that and just go, we, you know, we constantly get amazed, impressed, blown away by how quickly we can see this process happen because you come on board with us, you get the coaching, you get the assistance, etc. you get your lead generation up, you put your systems into place, you've got more leads coming through, suddenly you're full, next thing you're doing is turn around to us going, I need to hire somebody. 
yeah. need some help, you know, and we've seen that happen in as quickly as three months with some people in their business. And so what, all I say to you is that if that's the case for you, just be open to the possibility of how quickly this sort of stuff could happen once you get the ball rolling. Yeah, there's three, there's, there's three decisions. There's more, more than this, but there's three decisions that we look at. And we say there's the right decision, the wrong decision, no decision. And, and doing no decision at all is definitely going to keep you stuck. Making the wrong decision will just cost you some time and maybe money if you, if you try to do it on your own and, and battle through it or the rest of it. But you will eventually get there, of course, you know, if you're persistent enough and you want to keep working through it. And, and then there's making the right decision. In my opinion, the right decision is finding some support, getting some guidance and help from people who have been there and done it before. It doesn't mean you're still not going to make some errors, but you're going to reduce that. And you're going to you're going to get the path clearly shown for you to walk down, rather than trying to cut through the weeds and in the long bushes. And hopefully, maybe you're heading down the right path. I don't care if you're in New Zealand, Scotland, Ireland, America, and you're listening to this. If you want some support, we'd love to hear from you, and uh, we'd love to guide you through that process and, and really give you the, I guess, the resources and tools that you deserve to to build not only a really successful business, but also the lifestyle that you desire. All right, well, that's it for me. Uh, great session. Thanks, Brad, for sharing all your insights and you know, the, the many hard years, hours, and the dedication it's taken to, to present this stuff so fluently and make it sound easy. Um, it's, you know, once again, we really enjoy providing this content, this information. We hope that you know, those who've been listening have really embraced it, taken it on, and uh, we'll do something with it. And that's our aim and wish for you. Absolutely. Bye-bye, gang.